Good afternoon, everybody. Pat Zemer here with Magdalene. Glad to be here with you today. Dr. Gary Nye is with us. We'll recap a little bit of what we did in the last webinar, and then we will move forward with some uh, talking about some specific cases and information uh, pertaining to the veterinary side of things with regard to Magdalene. We'll probably also get in, as we did last time, into essential oils and other modalities that uh, Dr. Gary Nye uses in his practice. So I'd like to uh, welcome you to uh, with Dr. Gary Nye. Gary, thank you for being here with me. Hello, thanks. And, uh, yeah, great. And so here we go. So Gary, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I know we've done this before, but there are some new folks with us today, and certainly this is going to be recorded so other people will be able to get it in the future. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your practice. If you sure, yep. I'm a veterinarian in Springfield, Missouri. My, my wife and I own a practice here in Springfield together, and uh, she's a small animal exclusive veterinarian. I do um, uh, large and small, primarily horses and, and small animals, but do work on a number of other species as well. And I, I've been a veterinarian for about 30 years, and um, first uh, 18 years or so of my career, I, I spent uh, doing equine um, medicine primarily, uh, primarily reproduction on that side. And, and uh, when we bought this place, uh, gave me a chance to pursue an interest I had in alternative medicine. So for the last uh, about 10 years now, I've been practicing alternative medicine exclusively. And, and um, like I said, building a, a small animal caseload and a large animal, primarily equine. And Started uh, started using um, PEMF in general uh, probably about oh, four years ago now. Started out with Dr. Dennis's small home units and um, got as I was looking for a in-hospital option that I could shorten my treatment times with. He pointed me towards uh, MagnaWave and and uh, so now I think we're in our third year using a MagnaWave. So uh, I've got a couple of units and use it on virtually every patient that I see and just see tremendous benefits uh, from it in, in uh, enhancing the body's acceptance of everything else that I use in my practice uh, when it comes to different modalities. So That's great. I didn't realize that uh, you had originally worked with uh, Dr. Dennis and some of his uh, devices. Uh, mm -hmm. he's, he's excellent. And, I, and I always love talking with Dr. Dennis, but it doesn't take very long for him to go right over my head. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah mine too. <laughs> he can go. Yeah, uh, it's really intriguing. Uh, uh, so when you, what spurred you to go integrate? Oh, it was probably um, different uh, exposures that I had had to individuals that were using alternative modalities uh, through my uh, different residencies that I did. I did a repro residency, I, I did a equine medicine residency, and uh, just over time I had seen um, different individuals using chiropractic, acupuncture primarily, uh, some herbal therapies and things like that, and always sparked an interest in me, but I had uh, uh, mentors, I guess, that really uh, downplayed the significance or the benefits from those modalities but uh, you know God works in mysterious ways and he uh, kept my interest there and uh, helped me uh, seek out additional training and you know once I got I started with acupuncture and once I got certified there you know even before training was over uh, I was bringing it back to the clinic in between sessions and uh, using it and seeing results and so you know I, having gone to the training skeptical I came out you know a full believer and have seen so many positive results over the years now uh, animals that would have been you know virtually written off uh, by conventional medicine and I've been able to help those animals and live much longer much healthier uh, better quality lives and chiropractic then was the second uh, modality that I certified in and it really brought the whole um, whole body uh, focus for me, you know, it brought everything into focus for me, uh, looking at it from a whole body standpoint. And that's really what chiropractic is. It's it's a whole body approach. It's not just um, putting bones back into place or whatever, right. which uh, gets labeled on it a lot. Um, you know, and then, you know, all the ancillary things that I do to help support those two modalities, the oils, nutrition, uh, uh, herbals, um, you know, the MagnaWave, you know, that's uh, uh, all things that I'm using in addition to uh, those two primary modalities to enhance how the body utilizes what we give it to heal and, and optimize health. Right. Now, so how was this accepted when you first stepped into this integrative area? 
Well, it, you know, initially, uh, 10 years ago, I mean, there were, there were certainly areas around the country where it was um, uh, gaining a lot of steam and popularity already and talking to colleagues, you know, in the bigger urban areas or, or some of the uh, bigger population of uh, horse centers, you would uh, see a lot of integrative medicine being practiced. Not so much in southwest Missouri, though. Uh, it was a virtual desert uh, when it came to um, integrative medicine or alternative medicine. And, you know, it's grown now. It last um, two to three years, uh, you know, it has grown tremendously. And I'm, I'm booked um, two weeks in advance, typically now, uh, pretty, wow. pretty solid. So, now, so, and I, I remember we talked in our last webinar when we first did this, uh, you actually go and do work for other veterinarians, and then you also refer work to other veterinarians, correct? Well, I don't, I don't. I, in the early days when I was sending out um, mailers and things like that, trying to um, uh, let folks know that I was out here, I offered that to veterinarians to go to their clinics and actually see their patients there. Um, I never got taken up on any of them by, you know, by any of them uh, with that. So uh, over the years, as the patients started coming to me, now they've gone back, talked to their veterinarians, and there are some that do uh, regularly refer to me in the area. Uh, I'd say the average veterinarian is still in the air, in the um, uh, mindset that if you want to try it as an owner, you're welcome to. But I'm I don't know anything about it. I don't really want to have anything to do with it. And then we got those on the other end of the spectrum that uh, they get a little upset with the client if they come see me. So uh, you know, I I really uh, what we'll do when a patient comes into the clinic is that we'll um, you know, any conventional services or any um, um, diagnostics I might need, I will certainly send them back to their home clinic or offer to do so. If they want us to do it, we'll go ahead and do it for convenience sake. Uh, but for the most part, I try to keep a good relationship with uh, the veterinary clinic, their home clinic. And uh, sometimes I get clients that'll come to me and they say, you know, they won't even request the records from their clinic and they just, you know, and they kind of hush hush, you know, please don't tell my veterinarian that I'm seeing you, you know, so because they know their opinions and and uh, we help those people as well. And so we, we just try to make it work for everybody. That's that's incredible. And, and how that how that can work back and forth. Tell me when you when you approach a horse and, and we're talking mm -hmm. about horse and your wife does small animals and you assist her with small animals, correct? Right. Uh, well, I, I, yeah, I have my own practice uh, within the hospital here. She sees conventional. She'll refer things to me. And then if I need conventional support on my patients, I'll send them to her. But I have a whole referral system that comes into the hospital. And then the, the bulk of patients, uh, the owners find me on their own. It's not through a referral or anything, it's that they find me on their own, um, you know, and those those patients very often, if they're, they found me on their own, very often become my wife's patients too for conventional work. And that, that's, that's great. So what do you do when you see your patients? What is your initial protocol? So you, to determine where you're going to go with your various modalities. Mm -hmm. um, well, they come into the hospital and they'll fill out, uh, well, uh, back up a step. Um, most of the people that come to me, unless they're being referred from inside the hospital, when they call, uh, I've got two people trained in the hospital here, my manager and then my assistant, and they'll take field that call for me and go over the specifics of my service. And right. I I have a, um, you know, they, they know that they're supposed to get radiographs sent if there are any, especially on small animals, uh, you know, if there's any uh, limb or joint issues uh, going on in uh, equine, then try to get those sent ahead of time, uh, any records if possible. So I know what the regular veterinarian has done and seen and, and diagnosed. And then, so all that information we try to get up front and then when they get here, uh, I've got, uh, you know, besides our regular hospital paperwork, I've got a little questionnaire that I have them fill out. In fact, each time they come back for a visit, I have them fill up 
uh, fill out a follow-up questionnaire so that I get, get them to commit and put down in writing what it is that they've seen over the last interval since I uh, last saw or treated the animal. Uh, because sometimes, you know, things aren't recalled and it's funny and you get in the exam room and you start talking to them then and sometimes they remember things they didn't put down or maybe it's a little different than they put down. So I always like them to write it down first. That way I can take a look at it. My assistant will bring me that prior to us going in the exam room. And, uh, you know, we'll go ahead and uh, uh, bring them in. A, a new patient, uh, especially small animals, horses, it generally doesn't take that long. I tend to find that horse owners are a little more knowledgeable about the alternative side than uh, than small animal patients are, although there are some small animal owners that are very knowledgeable. Uh, but uh, when I bring them in, a small animal patient, it usually takes, I, I spend about two hours with them on that first visit. And because I want to get to know them and their patient, I want to develop that rapport. Um, I want them to trust me and what I'm going to do because some of these people don't have any exposure to alternative medicine and they don't understand. It's been somebody, a friend that's told them, hey, it worked for mine, why don't you take it? And they don't understand. Uh, you know what I'm doing and what it uh, will do for the animal. So I spend a lot of time with them, but you know we'll go through the typical history. I'll go through, um, you know, and I'm wanting to know everything going on in that dog's life or, or that animal's life. And a lot of times, especially with canine and feline patients, there is a tremendous amount of anxiety in those individuals, uh, and you have to sort that out. Sometimes it's because they're in a veterinary clinic, and I'm a guy standing here with one of the veterinary uh, white coats or whatever syndrome, right. uh, you know, that you happens. They don't notice that. Right. But, you know, they quickly quickly learn that I'm not the guy with the stethoscope and the thermometer and the hypodermic needles anymore. So uh, they usually by second or third visit, they really relax down a bunch if they have that anxiety over my presence. But um, uh, a lot of times I find that the anxiety or the problem, you know, even in horses is coming from the owner themselves. And so health problems for small animals, you know, the, the small animals will take on the owner's stress and anxiety if they have health problems. And sometimes I have to suggest fixes for them. Uh, and I, there's a guy that does natural medicine in town here that I use, and he, he gets a lot of referrals from me because uh, I got to get the owners fixed sometimes uh, before I can fix their animals. Um, the horse is the same way. You know, if I've got a rider that's having problems, I got to get them uh, taken care of, uh, adjusted, you know, or whatever their physical ailment is before that horse is probably going to improve a whole lot because he's going to take everything through that saddle uh, from that owner. So horse has to be in balance, uh, you know, otherwise the rider is going to get out of balance. And if the rider's out of balance, the horse will be as well. Wow. That's, you know, and Kirsten, when I first, I've been around horses all my life, but when I first started doing therapy work and, and going into the stalls, racehorse stalls, where you're talking about a more high-strung animal, those horses knew exactly what my emotions were when I walked in that stall. Oh, yeah. If I was trepid or was I, did I understand what this horse was going to think or feel? And uh, it's amazing how you then relate that to the horse picks up on the, on the stresses of the owner. Yeah, that's something that I I had to make a point of doing early on uh, because from the alternative side, you know, it's all about getting uh, balance in the body. And I really had to um, bring my tone down uh, when I went into the exam room or, or into the, the barn or whatever to... Uh, uh, work on a horse, you know, my demeanor a lot of times uh, will, will change significantly when I'm around or approaching that animal and my assistants over time, I've got a, a really good one now and, uh, but, uh, you know, even though she's been with me for a while, uh, I still have to remind her every now and then, you know, bring it down just a little bit because you're, the animal's going to feed off of you if you don't, so. Wow. So now tell me, so you, you got the integrated, integrated processes, the chiropractic, the acupuncture, magnawave, oils. Where do you go as you start your process? When do you bring the magnawave in or when will you uh, bring the oils in, the, the, the oils to help with the situation or to address where you're going? Yeah, the, the initial uh, historical and, and um, physical exam assessment of the animal, um, you know, I've uh, sometimes there's some diagnostic information involved with uh, radiographs or whatever. You know, I've, I've pretty well assessed what I need to 
present the owner then in that visit, uh, either on farm or in the clinic, as to what a treatment plan is going to look like. And most of my, I, what I'll usually do is after that first initial visit, I'll prepare a, a report that will have an extensive treatment plan in it. And I'll, I use, um, there's a system out there called Cavanti and it's an um, uh, acupuncture chiropractic uh, type system. And right. um, I, I log everything into that and then I will send them that report. It'll have all the information um, that I found in exam findings and uh, my diagnoses and all of that. And then I'll lay out a very extensive plan for them. And I'll usually uh, go over most of that in the exam room or in, on farm the first visit. But some of the stuff, some of the nutritional things, I'll lay out in more detail in the report form when I send it. But basically, I'm covering five key areas when I address um, the, or, or construct the treatment plan for them that I send them in the report. And that's going to be uh, the nutritional side or, or diet uh, that the animal takes in. And that's going to include everything they take into their body, including uh, meds, supplements, um, you know, the, the nutrition, um, you know, the water they drink, you know, just everything that they take into their body. Then you've got exercise, um, you know, different you know, if a patient comes to me for kidney disease, they may have a different uh, exercise need than an individual that comes to me with severe spinal arthritis or something. So, you know, we have to, um, you know, create an exercise plan for them because without movement, you can't have health in the body. You've got to have exercise. Couch potatoes uh, don't last long. So uh, then, you, uh, then you have... Um, uh, the rest that the animal is getting. Uh, so many of my patients suffer from a lot of pain and they don't get restful sleep. So we have to address that. And if the body has to have peaceful, restful uh, periods of time for them to heal and repair. So we've got to address that. Uh, the fourth one is the mental state. Uh, there's where the anxiety and stress comes in. If, uh, if we've got a lot of that going on in the animal, we've got to address it in one way or the other. Uh, and then the final one is nervous system function. And the only ways that you can um, normalize, as we call it, normalize um, nervous system function. Conventional medicine has no way to normalize nervous system function. Uh, from the alternative side, we've got chiropractic primarily, and acupuncture will certainly make good inroads into uh, nervous system function, and you can certainly use the MagnaWave uh, for stimulating different acupuncture points as well. So in laying out those five key areas for the patient then, um, I talk in terms of what the owner is going to provide at home in a management situation and what we're going to provide in the clinic and then how frequently I expect to see the patient and that sort of thing. Um, and in the clinic, uh, my uh, three primaries on virtually every patient I see now is going to be adjustment on an interval that's appropriate for them, um, acupuncture uh, every time I see them for the most part, and then MagnaWave every time I see them for the most part. Uh, then there may be some other things that I may throw in there from time to time, and that would be uh, essential oils would certainly be the most frequent additional uh, treatment modality that I use. And it's, it, you know, the number of patients I use it on is growing every day. It's seems uh, we're, we're probably treating, you know, between 50 and 75 percent of my canine and feline patients with oils now. Maybe not quite that many with horses because uh, out there in the, in the horse world, uh, um, I'll tend to uh, use more adjustment MagnaWave and, and chiropractic on them. There are some, though, that um, I will use some oils on from time to time. The um, um, uh, laser, I, I do use it on very limited. I, I use it a little bit. I just found that over time, uh, they don't get as much benefit from a laser. And so I don't use mine here in the clinic much. I was hearing the same stories from owners that were coming from other clinics uh, that lasers seem to be less effective over time. And that's what I was finding. So MagnaWave has been much better, um, you know, than, than using the uh, laser in most cases. Now they're all very complimentary, yep. but you, you can sure. hone in on which ones actually work for you. Can you can we go over maybe a couple of cases uh, mm -hmm. that, and how you approach your different modalities for those cases? And I want to ask our, our viewers if you have any questions that you'd like to ask Dr. Nye, uh, simply put them in the chat box and we'd be happy to answer those questions and approach whatever your questions may be about. about chiropractic, acupuncture, uh, essential oils, whatever it may be. So let, let's Let's talk about some specifics if we can. 
Okay. Um, yeah, the first one here, I'll, I'll cover a, a dog, a Labrador retriever named Dice. And if anybody's been to my Facebook page, um, they will have seen this one. Uh, we put up um, some posts about him and um, his owner gave us a very nice testimonial and stuff about how he's been doing. And, and he's a nine-year-old lab. Um, and he had been a patient of my wife's for several years. And he um, had had some issues with inflammatory bowel disease. And my wife, um, you know, this very anxious dog, um, you know, thunderstorms, uh, uh, separation, anxiety, um, you know, people come into the house, uh, you know, repairmen or something like that. He was very, very anxious uh, in those situations. So, Anxiety probably led to a lot of his dysfunction in his immune system and uh, GI tract that led to the IBD. So uh, my wife had been trying to control the problem for quite some time, um, going through uh, different levels of steroids, and she had gotten to one of the newer, pretty powerful steroids. And um, you know, the owner, interestingly enough, she had come to us. Um, from a recommendation of one of my uh, prior patients, uh, that that animal had passed away a few years ago. But uh, the owner had, uh, she was a neighbor of his, and spoke so highly of us that uh, she had come to us for uh, just regular medicine, and then was going to use me if her she felt her dog ever need, ever needed it. Well, to me, every animal needs to see me uh, from the beginning. But uh, but anyhow, it had gotten to the point where uh, my wife thought, well, you know, let's let's try something different. And, and the owner was all for that because they do a lot of natural things at home anyhow. So, uh, and, and about that time, the dog was really starting to slow down in activity and was having some back pain as well. So um, I, I saw the patient and uh, very first visit and my wife had warned me, she said, don't touch this dog's back end without having somebody on the head because he'll turn around and try to get you. Um, and she always has a thermometer in her hand when she's on that end of the dog. So uh, uh, I can understand why. But so anyhow, <laughs> we went we went through the first visit and, you know, he was he was very nervous, but he was he was fine. Uh, you know, I always have a pocket full of treats. I make little uh, jerky treats at home for my uh, canine patients. And and um, so I make friends with them right out of the gate as soon as they get in the exam room. And uh, they uh, they just love those treats. And they're always looking in my pocket when they come in. So it, that worked really well. And uh, he, he did okay. He was just kind of nervous. But we ran through um, uh, EMF. We did the MagnaWay first on him. Um, you know, treat it whole body on the uh, the mag pad, and then we treat it um, his spine because he was having some problems. We had done some radiographs, but he didn't really have anything major in the way of arthritis. He just had some narrow disc spaces that he had probably had some bulges over time and a little bit of tension in some of his lumbar muscles. So we treated his yeah. spine as well, and. Uh, uh, then I uh, we use the uh, acupuncture on him, and I use I think I had talked the last time about using a photonic stimulator. I do that in most of my patients now, rather than using needles, just so I don't in increase their level of anxiety. Most dogs will tolerate needles just fine, but uh, the photonic stimulator is just a, a little bit less anxiety for them. They they don't know why we're sticking them with needles, even though they don't mind it too much. Uh, and I know it did create some anxiety in some dogs. So we use a photonic stimulator now on all the points, and I think I get really good results from that. So we treat him with the acupuncture, and then uh, I adjusted him, and I, uh, I put on some oils. And uh, the owner and I had talked a lot about his anxieties, and so I used a blend of oils that I thought would be good anti-inflammatory and emotional balance for him. And, uh, and then we set him up for a weekly recheck going forward to see how um, he would respond. Well, um, he and I picked him out as one of the cases. He's certainly not the average case because uh, average cases, I tell owners, you got to give uh, the body five to six weeks here. We're going to treat uh, some, if they're more painful, I certainly treat more aggressively up front, uh, but usually chronic stuff, I'm at about weekly intervals, and I tell them, give me five to six weeks, and if we're making changes, then we'll decide from there what interval we're going to go on and, and where we're going to go from there. But this guy, you know, right out of the gate, um, before the second visit, 
she stopped giving him the steroid. And when she told me that, I said, ooh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, we don't have a, cause she, and she said he's had no IBD signs, you know, and I thought, golly, you know, I hope we don't get too, uh, too hopeful too soon here. Um, and so uh, she said that he had, was doing better emotionally as well, and he was more active. So I said, well, great. We're seeing lots of positive signs here after just, just a single treatment. So we brought him in. We treated him the second go-round. This dog actually backed up to me, uh, wanting his adjustment. So there was no fear of uh, you know, touching his back end again. And then uh, after between second and third visit, by the time she came back the third time, um, he had had no IBD signs, and he uh, his emotional state had improved so much. She said that there were a couple of repairmen that had come in, um, done something in the house. He was laying in his bed, and he looked up and acknowledged them, but didn't even really care they were there. Uh, back pain was virtually gone at that point, and she was saying that he was acting more like a puppy. And then over the next uh, few visits, and let me just uh, confirm, I think he's been in probably, yeah, he's been in seven times now total um, at weekly intervals, or actually we've got him at two-week intervals now. Last time I spread him out to three weeks, so he's not even coming in uh, very frequently anymore. And just after seven visits, um, you know, she's made comments about how people have asked her how old her puppy is, and he's nine years old. Uh, And, um, you know, his emotional state from the standpoint of separation anxiety, she said that uh, they, they come home from work now, and, you know, normally he would be bolt to the door and be right at their side. And again, um, you know, whatever he's doing, he just acknowledges them and uh, goes on about his business. So, you know, total change in this guy's uh, emotional state. Um, back pain is, you know, gone. He's acting like a puppy again and no signs of IBD since uh, that first week after we started treatment on him. So he's been a tremendous success story. Um, and like I, I, I can't stress enough, and I, t- I use him as an example for clients when I'm talking to them, and so do my uh, staff. But we always caution them that you're, we're not going to see that dramatic of a result in all patients either. And, you know, I certainly credit it, um, you know, all of the modalities I've used on him, including the the MagnaWave, um, have gotten his body to respond to where it has healed itself. And, and he's just doing tremendous and, uh, um, you know, a, a real success story for my service. That, that's amazing. I was noticing when you were talking you, you did an, if I recall now, I've been listening to your story, but you did an adjustment first, then you did the MagnaWave, then you went to the acupuncture. Nope. Um, actually, in reverse order, I do the MagnaWave first, then we treat them with the photonic acupuncture, and then I'll adjust them. Now, depending upon what their emotional state is, the oils will go on somewhere in there. I usually prefer to do them at the end of the at the end of the procedure so that they will rest and relax going home and and have a very restful 24 to 48 hours or so. Um, but some are anxious enough that we will. Uh, use the oils earlier. Uh, in some cases where we've figured out the right blend, I'll send home a bottle with the owners and the owners will apply it regularly, maybe multiple times a week and make sure they're applied prior to coming in so that we can help tamp down some of that anxiety. But uh, yeah, it's uh, MagnaWave first, then uh, acupuncture, then adjustment typically. And that was my question. And actually mm-hmm. you answered, Shannon asked the question about when's the best time to use the oils before or after or during it. I think you've answered that very yep. well. Great question, Shannon and Doctor. Thank you for answering it. But my question is: If you did the the MagnaWave first, mm-hmm. and then the acupuncture, did you know where you were going to do the acupuncture before? I mean, you already have pretty much have that in. Yeah, we go ahead. We we map out a, a needling plan um, for that particular patient based on whatever I'm treating and the clinical signs and all that. So there there are. Um, a group of what we call standard points that I will treat 
on every patient, uh, and then there are specific points that I'll use depending upon what the condition is. And so those are all, we've got a, a checkoff sheet that we use and we'll highlight those points that we're gonna treat on that patient on that given visit. And uh, some of them do overlap with the areas that we treat with the MagnaWave and, and others won't um, because the points are all over the body, up, up and down both limbs and the spine and, and so on. So uh, yeah, we, we do have a particular needle, needling pattern that we'll use on given patients. Uh, that, and that's what I was going for, and, and I, was gonna, I was asking that because uh, years ago I had a situation where I, I treated a horse, or mm -hmm. actually several horses, in the morning. The acupuncturist came in the afternoon, and they started asking, well, what'd you do to these horses? Because they were using their hands and the acupuncture to to kind of, I guess, diagnose what was going on right, through the right. processes. And we kind of erased some of that by doing the treatments prior. But you already know where you're going. Right. You're ready to do those. Yeah. That, so that's what, that, that was the purpose of my question. That I think could be a bit of an issue if um, someone is working with a MagnaWave with an animal and there's other professionals involved that are doing chiropractic acupuncture because even chiropractic, um, I'll do, um, um, you know, if that's the only thing I was going to do on the animal, I still do um, what we refer to as a, a either a, uh, acupuncture or myofascial type exam on the animal prior to adjusting them. And if um, they have been treated with MagnaWave, that could potentially, you know, cover up some things that they may have responded to prior to being treated, right. certainly. Right. But, uh, you know, I do all of that at the beginning of my uh, appointment. So, you know, that for me, it's, uh, it, it's easy because it's all being done at the same time. And you and you and you're planned out. You're not uh, you're you're not waiting to see what the other doc's going to tell you. Right. Or the other therapist is going to tell you like this the situation. Before. Right. And and that that's great to see how you put put all that together. So after seven weeks, you've got a very happy customer. Yeah. Yeah. Very. Client, very. Fine. Better work. Fine. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So uh, do you have another example, perhaps maybe different? Yeah. Let me uh, pull a horse out here. Um, I'm this doing one. that, ladies and gentlemen. If you've got any questions, be sure to pop them in the chat box and we'd be happy to answer them. Yeah, this one is a, is an eight-year-old um, uh, quarter horse, uh, Palomino quarter horse, and this uh, young lady that owns him, uh, she's a high school uh, kid right now. I think she's a junior maybe, and she runs barrels on this horse. And, uh, yep, uh, and I've... Um, I've been seeing the horse probably for a couple of years now, and the uh, uh, the first time I saw this horse, um, she the, the the mare was so painful in the back and um, so tight in the lumbar areas. Every time I would try to adjust the lumbars, she would she would lift both hind legs off of the ground. She was not liking what I was doing. <laughs> And, uh, uh, you know, the, the relationship, you know, she's a young girl. Uh, she at, at first, um, she didn't, uh, grandpa kind of pays for all of her expenses for or, or a lot of her expenses. I, I think now that she's doing better uh, with the winnings and stuff like that, she's helping pay for some of it. But grandpa was kind of funding a lot of it. So, uh, you know, grandpa didn't, uh, wasn't a believer in that type of treatments uh, initially yeah. so she was kind of doing it uh, on her own out of her own money and stuff so I didn't get um, uh, real ex extensive with the treatments initially uh, and and the adjustments helped the horse tremendously and she went out and did better uh, but she would kind of come back around and get in the same condition again and and so uh, frequency of treatment is a bit of an issue with this case but um, you know the the uh, benefits. Uh, once I started using MagnaWave with her, um, you know, I think we've helped her a whole lot more and and the owner certainly recognizes that now and I think, um, you know, she's willing and, and now that she's doing a little bit better uh, with winnings and stuff too, she's able to uh, pay for it a little bit more. But um, I, I started using um, MagnaWave on her, I think it was last year, and uh, she she has been, you can definitely tell when this horse 
is is off and needing a problem because she will refuse, you know, on the runs and going around the barrels and stuff, and and even uh, in the alleyways leading up to the arena and stuff. I mean, she's she's telling the owner she wants a treatment. I'm and, not happy. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, uh, this uh, last time we went and treated her, she was, um, I, I was actually out of town to chiropractic treatment, so I couldn't work her in. And she called and was just begging me to get out there. It's about an hour drive from here, and so it takes a lot of time to, to get to her. Um, but uh, we, we ended up sending my assistant out to treat the horse just with MagnaWave, uh, and I wasn't able to adjust her this time. And she went from the week prior refusing you know, not wanting to go to the arena through the alleyways from the stalls even to after she treated her, um, that horse went out to, and I forget where she went, it was somewhere I believe in Oklahoma, um, and she ran um, out of, uh, there were several hundred entries I believe, and she finished I believe in top 10. So, you know, it was quite a turnaround for her. And, and the horse does really well when she's on her game, but when she's hurting, she's hurting. And over the uh, past couple years, that spine has loosened up tremendously. And I credit a lot of that to, uh, you know, and I've got her on supplements and stuff too, but I've credited a lot to the MagnaWave um, helping that tissue respond and, and accept adjustments a whole lot more. Um, you know, so she's she's kind of a, uh, you know, a little success story with the uh, um, with a young rider, young owner that um, you know doesn't have a lot of money, but uh, you know we can we can still make a difference for this animal. And she's a little high school uh, barrel racer that uh, you know is helping. She wants to go to Oklahoma State, um, you know, because they've got a good uh, barrel racing team out there. Sure. And, and so um, you know she's she's hoping to to uh, take that horse with her and and continue competing. It's a uh, like I said, it's about well, actually, I had the yeah, it's about a 10-year-old. Uh, my sheet here was two years ago when I started her. She was eight then, so she's about 10 now. So this was actually a situation to where the horse the week before was was uh, not wanting to compete and, and mm -hmm. uh, be an issue. And then you went to the farm and treated, and they actually left the area and went to Oklahoma to, com to compete, and the horse held through that process. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Which is and and I find that, um, you know, her schedule, I try to get the owner to let me see her about every, oh, you know, eight to ten weeks as a as a maximum interval. But, again, you know, sometimes it lapses because of uh, money or whatever. But, um, but, you know, if we keep her on that schedule, uh, she usually does pretty well and holding during that interval. You get out beyond that, and I can tell that she's starting to get a little sore. Things have tightened up a little bit more. So with her, you're using, again, you're using all the modalities. You're chiropractic, doing chiropractic adjustments. Uh, acupuncture, MagnaWave, also essential oils? Uh, yeah, I, I do use oils in her as well. Uh, they seem to help her quite a bit, uh, especially, you know, early on when I started working with her. She had some, uh, there was some anxiety, emotional things going on there, and the oils seemed to help her get through that. I don't think she needs the oils nearly as much as she did in the past, um, you know, and, and she, because she's just doing much better. A lot of that may have to something to do with the pain she was experiencing as well. Um, I mean, she, she tries to do uh, the best she can for the rider, but, uh, uh, you know, when it gets too uncomfortable, I mean, we, none of us will uh, be that cooperative. Right. So uh, how do you, as you talked earlier, uh, oils are much easier for you to use in the clinic mm -hmm. than they are uh, in, the, in the barn. Do you actually uh, apply the oils to the, to the top line of the horse, how do you do that to, or are you dealing with the oils from the absorption state or the mm -hmm. oils from the aroma state? Um, they're typically through absorption. Um, I don't do too much uh, in the way of aroma type therapy with uh, horses. It, it depends upon where the problem is in the horse. Um, I've treated uh, mares in the past that have uh, cyclic problems, and um, uh, some of that goes orally, some of it goes topically. Um, I've treated um, 
you know, painful joints. Uh, so that's going to going to go topically. Uh, it, most of the emotional work and uh, and some anti-inflammatory work that's uh, more general from the body. That's all going to go typically on the top line, right over the spine. And uh, you know, again, depending upon the uh, emotional state of the animal, it may come um, earlier in the treatment or at the end of the treatment. But I, I tend to do what is called a raindrop technique um, on most horses, where especially where I'm trying to make some um, uh, big changes in their emotional state. Uh, a raindrop technique has a tremendous benefit for a lot of things: uh, anti-inflammatory, uh, emotional, and and um, you know just in general helps the body. Um, you know, uh, function better, I think, but you use insertion oils along with the raindrop technique to uh, target whatever the uh, particular issue is. So uh, I'll pick out some oils that uh, I think will work for a particular situation, and there's a point in the raindrop technique that they're inserted. So overall, I'm probably applying uh, about 12 oils or so to a, to a horse uh, when I'm using the raindrop technique over the top line. What's the difference between insertion and raindrop technique? Uh, the raindrop technique has uh, base, eight base oils in it, and then there's a particular point that you, uh, they all are supposed to be uh, applied in a specific order, and then and there's a there's a technique described for how high you're supposed to drop the oils from the bottle to the spine and all of that, and how they're, oh, yeah, uh, yeah uh, I I don't, worry too much about that. I mainly just get the oils onto the animal, be it a horse or a dog or cat or whatever. Um, but uh, the insertion point comes uh, specifically between a couple of the oils towards the end of that eight. And like I said, it may be one oil, it may be uh, three or four or five oils, depending upon what I'm trying to achieve in the animal. So, so the, what, is, what does insertion mean then? I understand the raindrop from so many inches. Right. Is it over a wider area or a narrow area? No, it's I over the it's over the same area of the body. It's just they're called. I refer to them as insertion oils because we're inserting them into the raindrop technique between a couple of the raindrop uh -huh. oils. I got you. I got you. So it's an oil for a specific purpose in the raindrop right. technique. Right. The the raindrop technique will tend to enhance the effect of those insertion oils. Yes. And, and it, the whole process is designed to enhance the effect of the chiropractic and the acupuncture and the magnavate that you're using. Yep. Using and, and, and in, you know, in many cases have its own benefit on the animal as well. Yep. Okay. What, uh, what I know if it hasn't been asked, it will be asked because I know it was discussed when we were together last time. What oils do you recommend? Oh, it, it really depends upon what the condition is that we're trying to achieve. If we're, uh, the raindrop oils, uh, there, there's eight of them. Um, I, I use Young Living oils primarily, and um, they're, uh, most of them are herbs. There's a couple or, or one that's a, a blend, a proprietary blend of theirs called Valor. Uh, the other ones are Oregano Thyme, uh, um, basil, cypress, wintergreen, peppermint, and marjoram. Uh, so those are the base oils. And then when I insert oils, it, it depends upon what I'm trying to achieve. You know, emotional oils, um, I'll use uh, lavender, uh, peace and calming is another proprietary blend. Um, uh, the um, anti-inflammatory oil, and, and there are several others, but anti-inflammatory oils that I'll often insert into the raindrop technique, uh, copaiba uh, is a very powerful anti-inflammatory, and helichrysum is another one, uh, a very good anti-inflammatory. Um, the, in fact, uh, if, I, if I've got a wound that I'm trying to uh, uh, heal and disinfect, uh, lavender and helichrysum as a combination, uh, that works great on oil, on uh, wounds, I mean. Um, anyone that uh, has followed my Facebook page um, saw uh, a laceration on my scalp a few years ago that uh, um, I put up pictures of and I was treating myself both with MagnaWave and um, the Lavender Helichrysum and that thing, I mean, it was painless after probably the first um, 12 hours or so. And then I, and my wife wanted to suture me up and I told her no. And uh, I, um, I just let it heal open and it was closed and healed over probably within um, seven days. I mean, it was, wow. um, you know, fast healing. So, and now, it was a good inch or more uh, laceration. So, sure. So yep. when you, when you do this, when you work mm -hmm. these together, 
when you say open wound, do you apply the oils near the open wound uh, or do you apply them to, again, to the spinal area, but you might be treating with the MagnaWave over the open wound to promote the healing? Yeah, no, the open wounds, I'll usually apply it directly. So if it's a small wound, um, I may drip the oils directly into the wound. If it's okay. a, lar a larger wound, I may dilute them and uh, use a, a mister bottle to cover the entire area. But yeah, they're going right onto the wound. And with a, with a wound, I don't necessarily use the raindrop technique unless there is uh, on the top line, unless there are other issues going on in the animal. Um, you know, Ocean-wise, or whatever. Yeah, right. right, right. That's a, that's very interesting how you how you bring all of these modalities together in a package-type presentation to, mm -hmm. to do this. Now, let me let me ask a question because this is going to be viewed. It's going to be available for folks to view. Do you do you make yourself available for consultation if somebody said, "Gee, I don't really have an integrated doctor near me. Uh, can I get some advice from Dr. Gary and or maybe direct me to who to go see?" Asking, I'm not asking for you to do this for free or anything, of course. But I'm just saying, do you do that type of thing? Um, or have I, you done that in the past? Oh, I'm not trying to open. <laughs> right, right. No. Um, yeah, I've done. I've done lots of consultation over the years. Um, various different things. When I was a, a board certified, and I still am a board certified thyroidologist, which is reproduction in the animal world. Um, I did lots of consultation there, and um, you know, I. I am open to doing that as an integrative practitioner as well. Um, I, I know I've, I don't have a lot of time, but I've, uh, you know, given some suggestions on the practitioner page, uh, you know, for MagnaWave yeah. as well. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm, you know, willing to do those sorts of things. It's just that um, I, I have to be a, a little careful about, um, um, you know, trying, uh, getting accused of practicing without a license, uh, you know, across state boundaries and things like that. If Ooh, I'm yeah, off, of course. Without, yeah, from, from me being a professional, if I offer treatment advice to somebody and I haven't even seen the animal, that kind of violates some issue, uh, some laws there. So I got to be a little careful with that. But, you know, in a general sense, uh, you know, I try to, you know, I, I speak in terms of what I would do with the patient if I was seeing it type thing, you know, with my patients and rather than a specific patient. Now, if I was asked and I have been asked uh, and have done it on a few occasions, um, especially from the repro side of things when I was practicing conventional, I, I have traveled to other states and uh, worked under a veterinarian there to do repro work on, on particular animals. So, you know, that that is certainly uh, a possibility if uh, someone needs some assistance. I, if I can arrange it in my schedule, I can certainly uh, uh, be involved. But if someone has general questions that they'd like to ask, uh, you know, I can certainly help them out um, as best I can. But um, probably not a consulting uh, situation if it's across state lines. Well, people can go to your Facebook page and see what you've done and maybe ask a question there. Sure. And, and someone can address it and of course they could do the same thing to the mag on the magnetic page they could ask a question mm -hmm. and then we would reach out to you and other folks who could help us give a, a solution to those people or at least a, a direction that they might head so that, yep. that that's great thank you i, yep. I didn't mean, i didn't want to open a, a, a box <laughs> but i didn't want to you know people do have have a lot of questions shannon asked the question uh thoughts on what is it copiba and valor together for a dog with significant OA, spinal, hip, and stifles. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that um, that is, um, uh, you know, it, it would be a good uh, couple oil choices to use, uh, certainly. Um, I think that, you know, and, and I guess I'm not quite clear on what, if she's asking from, the valor being emotional and the copaiba being the inflammatory side of things, um, I, I think I would probably opt to do a full raindrop technique and then insert copaiba and helichrysum into that along with uh, maybe lavender and peace and calming or some other emotional oils because when a dog 
has or any animal has a lot of osteoarthritis, uh, very stressful on the body. And even though they may not show it, because I have owners all the time tell me, yeah, um, I don't think my dog's in that much pain or um, I don't uh, just have a German, German Shepherd second visit today that I saw just before we got started. And I mean, this dog's spine is literally um, almost solid calcium from sternum or from the sacrum all the way up to mid thoracic um, it's just almost completely fused and the owner doesn't think he's in much pain and <laughs> I, I disagree tremendously and I you know I explained Hello. to him that do yeah dogs have a, a tremendous ability to um, hide things like that so I would you know if a dog has pretty significant OA I would be pretty aggressive with the oils to help that dog both with the stress it's dealing with from the from the pain and the anti-inflammatory uh, aspect of it. How about, and, and she asked the best way to treat topically versus oral. Uh, yeah, I would do topically. Um, I've found over time that um, the, the dogs and cats uh, you know, I do use oils orally, especially with cancer treatment. Um, you almost have to, but you have to get pretty creative. I have not found many dogs or cats that will take the oils willingly, orally. Uh, so topically is a much easier way to apply them. And, um, you know, the oils are, they're um, a, a volatile fatty acid. So they're a, a, a chemical nature that's going to be a very rapidly absorbed into the body, no matter how you get them into the body, whether it's topically, uh, uh, aromatically, or through the GI tract. So any way you get them in the animal, they're going to get in inside and be circulating very quickly. And, and as you pointed out, they are quickly absorbed mm -hmm. product based on the fact being an oil. Have you ever used the MangaWave over the area to help the infusion, to help um, the absorption? Some, you know, I don't, I don't do it as a rule because I don't want to expose the coils to the oils for the most part. Um, I do, uh, and that's one reason our oils tend to come at the end of the session because the photonic stimulator has a lens, a very special expensive lens on the end of it, and I don't want to expose that to the oils either. Now, sometimes if we have to apply the oils earlier because of anxiety or whatever, we'll go ahead and quickly get the points done along the spine, and then what I'll usually do is uh, put a towel over their back if we're treating spine or whatever part of the body it is if we've applied oils just to insulate the coil from that. I don't know, you know, the oils have an ability to break down, uh, you know, uh, materials, you know, be they uh, rubber or plastic or silicone or whatever. Sure. So I tend to avoid contact if I can. Okay. Okay. Very good. But you, you can do it over a towel, even hold it up sure. from the body to help. Yep. To help pulse. The and we, we do that. At, we do that at times, but it's, it's just so much easier if we just wait till the end uh, to apply the oils right. typically. Yeah. This is great. We've had some good questions, a couple of good cases. We've been right at an hour. I know that you're busy and got stuff that you need to get on to. And, and I think this gives a good basis for people to understand how you have integrated these products into your practice. And again, I would like to say I'd like to invite you back to do this again at some point, perhaps cover some other cases, maybe even more specific when you start talking about cancer situations mm -hmm. and tumors and yep. the like. There's a lot, there's a lot to potentially discuss if you'd be willing and happy to do that. Sure. We'd love to do that. Absolutely. Okay. Okay, so uh, Dr. Gary Nye, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been a learning experience for me, for sure. I mean, there's just so much out there for us to learn and understand, and, and we appreciate your time and, and the knowledge that you've been able to share with us today. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks. All right. Okay, Doc, thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for being with us. If you have topics you'd like to see us cover, put them on the Facebook page, and we'll certainly do this in our Thursday webinars. Dr. Gary Nye, thanks again. And, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Have a great day. Thank you.